You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Hey guys, if you're looking to take your investing, business, life, or just yourself to the next level, then I have something for you. The War Room Real Estate Military Mastermind Group is a mastermind group that meets weekly in small groups of five to six people to help you hold yourself accountable and really experience that growth. But we also have a monthly guest speaker that we bring in, and we've had guest speakers that talk about mindfulness, taxes, We're bringing in somebody to talk about marketing. We bring in very specific topics that will adhere to very broad, any any kind of real estate investing or investing or entrepreneurship that you want to do and will really help you out. We let you ask these speakers questions and get very personal with them. And then back to the small groups, weekly accountability for what you're trying to achieve and just being surrounded by like-minded people. And they say your network is your net worth. I know that's an overused phrase, but I recommend that you check it out. So just shoot an email to wrmastermind at gmail.com. Once again, that's wrmastermind at gmail.com. And we'll send you some more information. What's up, military millionaires? We are What's here up? today with uh, David Gutierrez, who is, uh, I don't know if I can say friend, mortal enemy. Um, David is the co-founder of Storehouse 310 Ventures, which is the uh, turnkey company that you've heard Stu Grazier on here at some point talk about. He's also a commander of the Navy. He does some cool stuff. He wears ball caps backwards, which makes him, uh, you know, like when I was in high school, that made you the cool kid. So, um, you know, he's got to be the cool kid. And uh, he's a friend, right? So like Alex and I and David, we, we're all uh, members of this mastermind group. So we bust each other's chops all the time. And uh, well, he finally decided that he would grace us with his presence. And uh, we're going to record a podcast. It's gonna be a good time. So David, welcome to the show. Yeah, no, hey, thank you. Great intro, Dave. Uh, a lot of lot of real, real uh, flattering things there. I've never really had a, quite an intro. I want to correct the record since we're recording a couple things. So one, I don't wear the hat. Well, no, let's even start before that. When you're in high school, even if you wore a hat backwards, you were not the cool kid. I just want to make sure that, that that's uh, understood. You are always the cool kid, even now. The hat is um, the light from above. I'm bald. So it sends a reflection on the recording that you don't want that. Uh, and I didn't wear it the other way because then it puts a shadow on your face. So it's very practical. And I haven't shaved my head for a couple of days. So I, I'm, I'm, I look like a hippie. So there you go. All right. Well, very well. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate being on with you guys. Oh, actually, one more correction. I have never been invited on this show. I've been asking I've actually never invited myself to any show, but I have been asking you to have you on your show for what, a couple of months now since we had you that on? Is, that is that how is, awesome our show is. We appreciate is you. Well, 100%. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like you said, commander in the Navy, been in for 18 years, uh, currently the commanding officer of Cyber Strike Activity 63 in Fort Meade, Maryland. And then uh, Stuart Grazier and I, we were both Naval Academy roommates a uh, long time ago. And uh, have been friends and, and brothers and for, you know, uh, since then. And, and we decided to start a turnkey company based on our experiences with uh, our own experiences that we had going through providers in different parts of the country that uh, just were subpar. And I always like to say, just to kind of give a little context to that, um, the company that I had gone with settled out of court for about $30,000. It just 
wanted to write me a check and it was all based on uh, just terrible work that they had done and stuff they said they did and didn't do. And uh, it was just a, it was a bad experience, but it was a, it was a blessing in disguise for both Stu and I, cause it, it really prompted us to, to start a business cause we knew we could do it better. So that's storehouse 310, the background for that. And um, you know, it's uh, it's, it's been, been going awesome. I have a couple more years in the Navy uh, to, to hit 20 and then it's decision time at that point. But up until that point, we'll hope to continue scaling storehouse 310. Going to 40, right? What's that? You're, you're Go going to 40, right? Sorry, you cut out. I couldn't, uh, <laughs> couldn't quite. <get> the... <laughs> you know, God bless. I, I, you know, I, I think, I think, I thank God for people that, that in this country that want to serve for 40 years. I, I mean, that is a, what an accomplishment, right? And, uh, you know, our country needs it, but that's a long time. To think that you hit 20 years and you're only halfway there? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it. I love that you said that you were going to start a business because you saw somebody else do it like, a, like inefficiently. And I, uh, I identify with that because there's so many, you know, there's so many businesses that you think are, I guess, daunting because just because they're there. And then if you really get in the nitty gritty, it's like a lot of businesses are like they're run by regular people who are, well, I don't know if you know, but we're all flawed individuals. And, uh, and you, and it's, it's just an interesting insight to be like, yeah, well, if you could do that this bad, I could surely do it at least a little better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's true. That's a great point, Alex. And, and one thing I, you know, I, I could not go, I don't have as bright of a pink as you do, but I, I wanted to honor you today. So I, I wore the, the closest shade I had, um, but I can't pull it off as well as you do. So, uh, uh no yet, one can. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but to your point. Um, you know, it just what Stu and I realized and, and, you know, we're, we're, uh, run a faith-based business. We're, you know, Christian dudes. And, and we just, one of the biggest things we saw that was lacking in our experience was integrity and a value-based system, uh, upon which people did business. And we're like, and, and honestly, some of our first conversations, we were just like, Hey, if we just go into this and we are going to be honest with our clients and do the best that we possibly can, um, we can't be worse than than this company that, that both of us, we had gone, he was in Alabama. I was in Milwaukee with the particular companies that we had used. And uh, we, we knew that just from that foundation, we could do better. And so then we went from there and, and there were lots of ways that, that, that uh, obviously we improved that model and, and, and made it our own. I got to say, this is um, this, this kind of talk depresses me uh, because I get it too, right? People go, Alex, I love you. Cause you're so, you know, genuine. And I'm like, really? Isn't, shouldn't that be the standard? And I applaud you guys for doing that, right? If you're like, hey, if I just go into the business and go, hey, look, I'll do the right thing first, no matter what, money second. And I, I know that's not really what it means, but it kind of means that, right? Where you're like, look, I just, I don't want to be so greedy that I become a sleaze. So I'll just make sure that I do the right thing first. It shouldn't be that hard. And it isn't. But the fact that it stands out in our society is depressing uh, to me because it's like, how many people are just anything for the dollar, bro? anything for the dollar. It's like, I'll never do anything for the dollar. Uh, and I, and I'm glad, and I think that's why, um, you and I, and, uh, you know, there's a group of uh, David's a stand up guy and there's a bunch of people that I resonate with each other because it's like, I just, I have morals. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a faith-based business, but I have, like you said, I have integrity. I have uh, morals first. So I love that you said that. And I, I just had to say, like, I, I like that that stands out to you, but I kind of hate that it stands out. Yeah. You know, and, and I will say though, um, you know, I kind of twist that on its head a little bit. Uh, I think that being an entrepreneur 
is you're, you're in a, a smaller subset of society already, right? So, so we're all vets. So already part of our life is less than, you know, 1% of the population serves. As an entrepreneur, we're also a very small subset of people. I think our group even further refines that. And, and we, because we have similar morals, we, we look to be surrounded by the people that we want to be like, that challenge us, and that are like-minded. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thankful that we are different. And when I say we, I mean the, the mastermind that we're a part of, everybody in that group. I could trust any of you guys. Um, I would trust you with anything. Some of the conversations we have are hard conversations. They're, they're personal. They're deep. Uh, we talk about our families, our wives, our kids, our, our um, you know, mentally, the things we're going through, emotionally, the things we're going through, physically, the pains that we pay, potentially have. And dude, that, that is powerful stuff, right? And that's, that, is, that has been enabled by the fact that we have found and surrounded ourselves with like-minded individuals. So I twist it on its head a little bit. It, is, it can be depressing. Um, but the other side of that is I, I draw great hope and joy from the fact that I'm surrounded by dudes like you guys who are, who are different. And uh, I had a, uh, as a kid, this resonated with me, this, uh, a neighbor ran his own business. And this was before I even joined the military. And I was lamenting the fact that, you know, he was, a it was an electrician's business. And I was lamenting the fact that a lot of uh, folks in that industry, they don't show up to work and, you know, uh, show up drunk or high. And one of the things that he said was, Hey, you know, I thank God that everybody's not like me because then everybody would run their own business and I would not have my own business. I wouldn't be the guy making the calls. I wouldn't be the guy making the hires or the fires. And, and, and for him, it was about cars and money. He was like, and I wouldn't have this stuff for me. It's not, you know, to your point, Alex, Stu and I did talk about that. Hey, if we have to write checks out of our, out of our profit to make something right, like whatever, it's just money. It'll come and go. Um, but all that rant being said, I agree with you. It's, it's interesting how it's, uh, a unique characteristic maybe that we do business that way. But I love the fact that we're surrounded by folks that are, are like-minded and, and want to do it differently. I was just having a similar conversation like two nights ago with one of my roommates where it was like, I, I was like trying to figure out the line. Like there's a part of me that's just not, not like, not like money doesn't matter. Right. Like there's obviously a value to it, but like, there's a part of me that's just like, if, if something comes up, it's like, I don't, it doesn't, like just being like, eh, you know, like it's not a big thing. And I was like, at some point, like people talk about like, there's all these mentalities, like there's the mentality of like money's a currency. You got to keep it rolling and just like push that crap away from you and like not care about it. And then there's the other mentality that's like, if you don't focus on, you know, whatever you lose it. And I'm like, there's gotta be like a line. Cause I was like, I'm very much like, I'm bad about not bad about tracking finances, but I'm bad about like, if there's money in the account, it's got to go. And like, like, it's just not important to me. So I like doing whatever. Um, but, but we, we brought it up because this guy literally introduced himself to me. He was like, Hey, I make a hundred thousand dollars monthly doing this, this, and this. And it was like an immediately, like I was just shut down. I was like, Oh, right on dude. Like that was it. It's like, if that's your introduction, like, I don't know. So all that to say, like, I agree with you guys. Like there's unfortunately kind of a disparity between the people who, I don't, I don't know. Like you can tell if somebody's running a business just for money, it shows and it generally doesn't follow or, or come with like, there, there's just a vibe that just does not, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of yeah. like, okay, cool, man. Um, not my thing. Like I'd rather hang out with people who 
have other, you know, other reasons they want to be successful or, or come through a different way because the money will follow. Yeah, I think you, you made it, you make a, a couple, you know, really great points. And, and, you know, one, it's how, how do you identify yourself? Uh, you know, one of the things I preach to my sailors is, look, you know, this uniform that makes us all, you know, U.S. Navy makes us all uh, the same and part of this, you know, the service. Uh, each one of us ha- is a very different individual and this uniform is going to go away. And that's one thing I, I, I want my sailors to recognize from the get go is, look, this is a this is a young man's and young woman's game. Whoops. So Dave, how you doing? I mean, he looks stoic at least. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, we got him. A young man or young You were talking about how we're all sailors. That was interesting. Department of um, That was actually my Navy work from home VPN somehow magically without a CAC uh, kicked in. I'm not really sure how that happens. A little bit Hashtag creepy. cyber. It's telling me to get to work. Um, sorry. So, you know, it's a young man, young woman's game and, and your uniform will come off at some point. It has to. And so if that's your identity, that's going to be an issue when that time comes, whether it's at the five-year mark or the 20-year mark or the 40-year mark. If, if that's how you identify yourself, that's a problem. If you identify yourself with money, well, when it comes, okay, happens. And so ultimately, for if you're identifying yourself that way, you're wrong, in my opinion. The second part of that is money is a tool. You know, I, I love talking about money. Money is a topic I'm not uncomfortable with. I love talking to anybody about it, but I see it as a tool. And for us, if you have money, you have the potential to change the world and to give. For us, giving is a big part of that. You know, Warrior's Heart is who we give to through the business. We give to, to our church and a number of different things. And if you don't have money, you can't do that. It's just a tool. So the way you look at these things and you critically think about them and you identify them ahead of time, I think that's the key, right? And that, that really can, can frame your identity and, and really drives your action and potentially motivates what you're trying to do with it. I love the, oh, Alex is going to go. It, David Foster Wallace wrote this incredible book called Infinite Jest, and uh, it's a daunting read, but it's, a, it's an important one about American uh, culture of materialism. And in there, he has this really long rant about why it's, he says, he starts with, you should choose your temple of fanaticism carefully, because if you define yourself by something or one person or one shallow idea, uh, it can go away. And, uh, but 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 values don't go away and so i like this because if you define yourself by uh what you've done in the army or your rank or your uniform it's like yeah that's going to come to an end one day um and the pr for the military changes right like you know we went to the vietnam war where it wasn't as uh popular uh to be in the army as it is now uh i went through this with the gym right because i'm a lifelong gym rat and it's like you know some people get so wrapped up in being the biggest guy in the gym it's like dude you're 26 you're 28 you know, when you're 50, you're not going to be the biggest guy in the gym. And then if you have nothing else, then you have defined yourself as nothing. And so money is the same way. It's like, if you define yourself as I'm the guy that makes X amount per year, it's like, yeah, but what if you don't, Yep. you know, then you have nothing else. Um, and so having something, a temple of fanaticism that is higher than that, um, is really important. Something that, that can, can define you as, uh, beyond, beyond the material, uh, you know, what's in, what the, the visual, the easy, the shallow, easy in front of you uh, thing to, to de- 
and you, yourself. And you have to be pragmatic and realistic, right? You have to realize, so as a lifelong gym guy as well, like I know I'm one rep from some crazy random torn rotator cuff for no reason because some, I, I go this way a little bit more than, you know, I should or, or because I'm, I'm 41 years old, right? Uh-huh. Like it, I, I'm, I'm one rep away from something. So if that's how I identify myself, like you, you just always have to plan for the worst and, and, and hope for the best, right? But, but if you do that, you can, and you're not being a pessimist, you're just being realistic. So if you go into the career, a military career, and, and so like I'm completely honored and humbled to be a commanding officer. I didn't plan for that, right? That wasn't part of the, uh, it was a, a hope, um, but it wasn't a, it wasn't something that I expected and, and it can, it can come and go and it could have never happened. But if that's what I based my identity on for a 20 year military career, then wow, that's, that, that's kind of sad because if you don't get it, then what, right? But just being realistic, you know, you, you're, and, and you're one decision away from potentially making a ton of money or losing a ton of money. You just never know. You, you have no idea. You tell me who could have, uh, well, actually you can, cause these books you read, I was going to say, who could have predicted COVID-19? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been predicted. I, I, was, I was almost stepped into it. Uh, almost, <laughs> but almost not, stepped but not into really. a bed. Very, but, but you're right. You know, the idea you're, you're saying is right. So you, nobody can really predict the future in specificity. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, if, you, if you're like, I have to, it's going to be this way. The world has to turn out this way for me to have any value. It's like, yeah, well, the world's going to, it's got different plans. Yeah, and then you're lost, right? And then, yeah, yeah then now you're, you're yeah. Love, I love that we're talking about this. Now, it won't be anywhere near as... Uh, poetic or or deep as infinite jest or some of these others but the book that i have at the editor right now i have this whole section on finding your purpose and identity because so so this community that i've been building has become like i i it has been huge for me in a fact that it became a hobby and it's become something that i can be like hey when i got out of the military like i do this like this is a purpose for me this is part of my identity like i'm this person whatever but like i was lucky enough to have someone way smarter than me few years ago point that out to me like dude when you get out of the marine corps like yeah you're a marine and you'll always be a marine like if that's all you are then then what like what you know and his point was essentially like we're talking about the whole military like the veteran suicide thing and the biggest rate is the first three years and when you talk to guys who struggled or came close like they feel alone they feel like they don't belong they feel like they're they don't have a purpose they they like their identity was so wrapped up in being that person that when it disappeared like that's that's crushing for especially for men which we know the suicide rates higher like especially for a dude to just lose your your purpose or your identity and just be like well now what like that's i mean i've seen it like it's just it's crushing to people so so i think it's a cool topic that we talk about as far as like just so for anyone listening if if your identity is that that's who you are like that's awesome and that should be a part of your identity for sure yeah. You need to find out who who you are. Who's Dave? Like when you're, you know, standing in a towel instead of a uniform. Like anyway, you know, this is a big talk. Interesting. This is a big talk from a guy who defines himself by his mustache. (laughs) You're one set of clippers away from being a. Hey, hey, but I control that. There you go. Hey, that's good. That's good. Next time we next time we bunk together in a conference, yo. <laughs> that goes that goes both way here. Okay, okay. I'm just I'm just joking. I'm just joking. There's no oh, need there's to bl- get into that. Do, hey, do, look. Do, do blow dryers bounce when they get thrown out a window? I'm I'm happy to uh to uh, uh mediate between <laughs> you guys talking about bunking together and and zip 
zipping noises. I'm not really sure what that means, but hey, you do your thing because you do you. But what I will say is, you know, this is one of my favorite topics. Um, I, I love talking business. I love talking money. I love talking, uh, you know, about faith and, and all these things. But but I will tell you the mindset. Uh, and, you know, if you listen to our podcast and both of you have been guests, so that, thank you for your, your graciousness and that. Um, but one of the things that Stu and I talk about all the time, because we spend so much time uh, talking about it amongst ourselves with our business, is mindset and your why. And, and, and it be, it's kind of like become a buzzword, you know, since Simon Sinek, you know, wrote uh, uh, his book and everybody loves his book and it's a buzzword. But I tell you, if you take it seriously, then it can really change your life and it can drive you down a path where you know the decisions you're going to make before you make them or before they present, before the opportunity presents itself or the challenge presents itself. You know, you have a good sense for the decisions that you're going to make or the direction at least that you're going to go. There might be some course correction. There might be a little bit of rudder change, but you know the general direction you're going to go because you have established your, your why. You've thought about it. You've established that mindset so you know uh, the direction that you want to go. So I, I think it's important, man. I think these kind of conversations should happen more often because there's a, always fruit is, is born from, from these types of discussions. And, and I'm not really sure what you meant when I take off my uniform and put on a towel. But that's a very interesting transition as well. Well, you know, I didn't want to just say like when you're standing in the mirror, butt ass naked, but I guess I can because it's my show. So when I'm standing in the mirror right before I jump in the shower and I'm looking at my my massive hockey puck of a manhood, is that is that better? Um, no, it's 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 more. That's <laughs> actually a little more disturbing. Um, <laughs> you could have transitioned to anything, right? You're not wearing a uniform. You're wearing a suit. You're I don't know why I went with towel. Man. I don't know. Man. I, I, it's, I it's don't good. know. Whatever. It's good. No, I, hey, it's your show. I'm right. a guest. Hey. I'm just proud to be here. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't want to be a co-host of this show anymore. He's the host. Of, I have nothing to do with this. It's all him. Oh my God! Can't handle our manhood here now. Well, you were just talking about being in bed with me, so I don't even want to know. Shave my Zipping. mustache and stuff. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> anyway so remember what i said before the show where it was like it's great you can say whatever you want um yeah, well, sometimes that's not sometimes so great say less sometimes you can say less say sometimes less, say sometimes less. less is like more david, david tell us about um storehouse tell yeah. us about the business yeah so storehouse is uh so what we recognized is uh, especially military i'm sorry navy and marine corps we're stationed in in super expensive places right we're usually typically on the coasts we're overseas or in italy or japan we're, we're stationed places that uh, real estate at least if you're looking for cash flow and uh, steady investment, which is the type of investing that I do. Um, uh, if you're looking for that, it, it's not usually present in like San Diego, uh, you know, Virginia Beach, you know, some of these places on the coast that are a little more expensive. You know, once you buy a house there and leave, you just, you don't get the, the rent just can't cover typically. I learned that lesson in Hawaii uh, on my first property and I was losing a thousand, it was rented and I was losing a thousand dollars a month. So um, that one, I quickly got rid of that. But uh, point being, the, the turnkey model was something that resonated with me, resonated with Stu in order to get, um, you know, cash flowing assets kind of in the middle of the country, you know, the Midwest we love and down the Southeast, uh, the middle parts of the country really offer the opportunity to do that one, 2% rule for all you VP listeners out there. Um, and so that's a model that I had gone with. And again, that then went through the turnkey company that, uh, that I use and the one that Stu used down in Alabama with the experience that I, I had alluded to previously. And so we started Storehouse 310 in Milwaukee and effectively we were buying properties, rehabbing them and then selling them uh, to our network of mostly military people now. 
and uh, providing them with cash flowing assets out of Milwaukee because we really like that market. Yeah, I mean, you guys have done well. What a, I would be curious to know what was the biggest challenge, like biggest, most unexpected challenge with starting a turnkey company? Um, you know, it's been interesting. Some of the things that we thought were going to be the biggest challenges. So, so initially, you know, when you go to do your first deal and you have to raise money and you're asking people for money, that is the initial challenge. Like, well, is anybody going to invest in me? We found that that very quickly resolved itself uh, just based on the network and, and really what it would boil down to is people's trust in, in us. You, we have to have the data, right? You have to, you have to, have done research and know what you're doing, be able to present an analysis sheet that makes sense. Um, so the next biggest challenge that we thought was going to be a significant challenge was you have to have that back end buyer to recoup that money to pay back your loans. And we thought that was going to be an issue. And for a while it was right. Getting the numbers up to the point where we're consistently selling these houses. Well, that, as you know, has now resulted at our current pace in about a, a eight, month to year long waiting list, which is awesome. You know, huge blessing for us, but it's also, it's a challenge because we have to create deal flow. Um, I would say right now, our biggest challenge is, is just what I identified is we need to figure out how to scale to a point that we're, we're able to really whittle down that waiting list and get good deals, find enough of them, and, and be able to provide our, our investors with, uh, with those assets. So that's where we're at right now. The challenges always change like anything, you know, military career. Um, but, but those are, that's kind of our current, our current issue. Yeah, that's a, a good problem to have for sure, but it's still a problem. Like, you know, people listen to a show and they're like, oh yeah, okay. He's got so many people on his waiting list that, you know, so much business you can't keep up like ooh, you know but that's that really is a problem because the reality yeah. is no not everybody's going to stay that long on a waiting list right so you're no man and we always preach it right the the thing that we when when we're asked hey you know what what should we do and and we're always saying the same thing be, get educated read some books you know but but take action take action now the best time to buy is yesterday the next best time is today right and so we're always preaching take action so that i've got this kind of dichotomy of I'm, I'm telling you to take action. And then I'm saying, but Hey, can you wait like a year, <laughs> you know, to, to take action with us? And I would never ask anybody to wait a year, but um, I think that's a testament to the product that we put out and, and the, the um, just kind of the reputation we built, which is again, is a blessing, but the reality of it, right. Being pragmatic, people don't want to wait that long, which, which is good especially in a super hot market. But you know, this is, um, this is a very common problem. Real estate uh, as an investor trying to buy a few deals, a guy like me, you know, I buy a few a year, not that hard, not that, not that difficult. But if you want to have inventory at scale, much different story, uh, especially like right now in the market when uh, money's cheap and in abundance and um, you know, the foreclosure market isn't like it was in 2012. Uh, so, I mean, scales that scales are difficult. That's a difficult thing to do on real estate because the transactions are so big and um, you know, you need a bunch of money. You need a lot of deals. It's not like Walmart. It's not like you can't just, unless you're doing new construction, right? It's like, you gotta go find those deals. They, those houses already exist. And you know, there's, it's not like target. I just go and then buy 10 off the shelf and go, you know, this is the ones you want, right? No, it's not like that. 
Do you guys so ever I, find? I, I, oh, sorry. Sorry, no, good. Okay. I was just gonna ask if you ever find or buy uh, like portfolios, like if you've had any luck with that. Because I know in Springfield, there's guys who will sell like you know 15 houses when they're ready to retire. It's just one. Yeah, so it's funny because we've um, we've now in the last this last week we've looked at uh, three or four portfolios, um, and actually just last night we looked at we analyzed another 10, 10 house deal, and those would be amazing. The problem is you're going to get the good with the bad and you have to be willing to do that. And we're not willing to do so like the one we analyzed yesterday, uh, 10 houses, three of them were, would work with our model and the other seven were super high crime and, and just things we wouldn't want to sell to our investors. We would not, not want to, we would not sell to our investors. Um, and so, you know, we're doing the due diligence on the front end for our investors because that's the trust that they're building and, and relying on. So we, I can't in good conscience buy that portfolio unless I want to somehow keep those seven properties, but then that ties up, you know, however many hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars that, um, and there's a strategy that we're looking at to potentially do something like that. But I also don't want to own, I also don't want to own houses in, in a war zone. Right. So um, that's the challenge and every portfolio that we've looked at, we've offered and we've offered to chop it up and take what we want out of it. And most people are like, no, nah, I mean, you take the good with the bad. Unfortunately, the bad usually outweighs the good. So it, it doesn't make the, the, deal that profitable but yeah we're looking all the time for portfolios for sure yeah it's, t it's a tough market i mean you know it's always competitive but right now I, I the challenge that you're speaking of are challenges that other people are facing like i said money's cheap like i got a guy yesterday who said he did his first flip he did hard money he got it at seven and a half percent in one point hard money at seven and a half at one point yeah pass uh -huh. me that dude's contact info well, I mean, even still, right? You can get hard money at 9% pretty easy in one or two points nowadays. I mean, even that, That's I said, crazy. there's no reason why you don't deserve that money, right? That's, you're too much risk. Uh, but there's so much money out there that um, people are, they're buying stuff up and they're driving prices up. And so, um, you know, it's not, a, it's not, it's not uh, you know, free for all like it was five years ago. It's definitely more difficult. So scaling up, uh, I'm sure you guys, you know, you're expressing your challenges. I get it. Um, I'm, you know, you'll get through it. It's just, um, you know, you ain't the only one. Yeah. And we're looking for opportunities, right? We're looking uh, to part of the scaling model that we're looking at is, is starting a couple different businesses. And ultimately the end state where we really uh, kind of change things up is we want to start the property management. Cause that's, that's a significant, so a significant challenge for me is, is having a process that I don't own. And because of our full-time, both stewards still full-time active duty, I'm full-time active duty. Uh, the inability to spend all the time, you know, on and in the business, uh, make, makes it, made it a little bit daunting for us to, to jump into, you know, another business, but it, it just makes sense, right. To take on the properties after we sell them to, and then to continue to, to manage them for our folks. And one thing that I have not enjoyed, um, because we, we want to honor our investors, uh, you know, and the, the warranties that we give, like I, I, oftentimes I'm writing checks, right. And it goes back to what you said, it, you know, the check that you write, the dollar amount on that check does not, does not, uh, it, it pales in comparison to the amount of trust that you're building and the repeat buyers and, and the, all that stuff that you're trying to build that culture. But I'd rather be writing those checks to myself or the, the crew that, that I'm sending out that works for me, that at least I know the work there that is uh, to a hundred percent is going to be uh, satisfactory and to our standard. Right? So there's other opportunities to grow businesses. Um, and so you, you hit the roadblock of, 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 uh, uh, deal flow. So, okay, well, let's, let's go start a property management. And then as you grow that property management, there's also deal flows from that, right? There's people that want it, they get tired of it. And there's, you be like, I don't want this anymore. Cool. I'll buy it from you.
Yep. Oh uh, yeah, like the the macroeconomics of the of the economy has that sounded weird has changed over the last few years, right? So like everybody's buying up single family homes, and so it becomes a little bit more difficult. So it's like yeah, the time to pivot, like you're like you just said, it's the time to pivot is you know maybe not perfectly, not saying you have to do it 100, percent but the the idea is like look when something starts getting harder, it's like well there's enough that means there's opportunity somewhere else. Um, and so the re- the first thing I was gonna ask you before you brought that up was um, why not switch to multifamily? Not to say that that's easier because it's got it's it's on the uphill too right there's a lot more people doing it um uh it's a little bit faster way to scale but it doesn't really work it's a it's a very different model than turnkey um um but i love that you go to the vertical vertical integration you're like let's build the property management in-house because then we can get a lot more um residual income we can take care of our clients better um it obviously provides us uh the opportunity like you said for deal flow more opportunities um, it gets more of our hands on the ground and in parts of these places. And, and I, honestly, I think the, the taking care of the client is probably the most valuable because the risk of somebody mishandling your client on the private management side is uh, Clayton Morris level catastrophic. Yeah, man. No, it's, it's huge. And, and that's what we're most passionate about, right? Like it, it pains us. We had a conversation with a CPA the other day that um, just kind of brought something to our attention and, and it literally in my gut pained me because there were, there were veterans that, uh, this CPA's perception of what was happening. And I don't, you know, I haven't dug further into it, but, um, her perception of what was happening is that veterans were being uh, potentially mishandled and, and even, you know, at worst, at best it was ignorance at worst, it was taken advantage of. And that just like hit me in the gut. Right. Cause those are, that's our tribe. Um, so you know, most of our buyers are, are vets, like 98% right now. Um, and so that, you know, it, it's, it's of utmost importance to us because we're talking about, I mean, these, these are our people, right? These are, these are not millionaires. I mean, they can be, they can be, but some of these are junior enlisted Marines that, um, you know, they just want to, to, to build a, a future. Some of our ensigns out of the, you know, whatever commissioning source they have. And, um, I'm just saying Navy ranks and, and, and we're open to all ranks, of course, and, and all services, but, but it's, it's people that you, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta be special to take advantage of these people, right? Like that, there's something, there gotta be something wrong with you. Um, and I think there should be something wrong with you if you're taking advantage of anybody. But that being said, um, you know, there are opportunities and, and it, it we, that, that primary driver for us is creating opportunities for that for that tribe. So we have actually, you know, we're under contract right now on a, uh, out in Colorado on a, uh, a syndication deal that, that, that we're GPs of and, and, uh, you know, raise money for that. And it's been a, it's been a slog, but you know, multi, multifamily, like you said, uh, uh, mobile home parks that we're looking at, we're looking at a different, we're always looking at opportunities to, to create opportunities for our, for our network. And, and it's out there, like you say, you just gotta be willing to, to do the diligence and, and hustle a little bit to, to try and find those opportunities. And like you said, Dave, not trying to squeeze every penny out of every person that wants to invest with you also opens up the deal flow a little bit. I think, I think going vertical is, is a, a big player move. And I love it. So I have this buddy, Corey, uh, he's, I mean, Corey Nomoto, he's been on bigger pockets, podcasts, whatever. He's a house flipper. And, uh, you know, I, I got to partner with him kind of like, he, he was a guy that I brought a house to. It was like, can I just follow you around? And when I was in Hawaii, um, and so I, you know, I, I partnered quote unquote, but I, I just found the deal and handed it to him. Um, 
big flipper, right? Doesn't, you know, in Hawaii margins are weird. Like he won't touch a deal if he doesn't make six figures, you know, but that's because you're throwing in like six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars as, you know, like purchase price. So, you know, the numbers have to make sense on that amount of money. But um, about three years ago, he was talking about going vertical and I, he was the first person I ever met who I didn't just didn't make it. I, I didn't know what it was, you know, and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm a house flipper, but I also own the real estate brokerage the contractor and the hard money company. And it's like, like that ability to control every piece of your, your entity. Uh, and then also to, because you're the expert at what you're doing, be able to outsource, you know, because you, because if you build a property management company, that's incredible. You don't just have to manage storehouse, right? Like you can bring other customers in and then that'll, it's very synergistic. And I think it's smart. And I think a lot of people, they think of scale, they immediately think of the multifamily because that's the buzz thing right now. And that, that can be great, but there's definitely something to be said for scaling vertically in your niche and still being very successful. And I, I like that opportunity because yeah, I think we all have this same little bug in us that is like, once you start creating things, you're like, Ooh, how can I, for, for example, the the podcast thing. Like I started podcasting. I had a lot of fun with it. Then I hired an editor. Then I was like, this is awesome. He's awesome. This is great. Hey, what if we become, yeah, hey, we edit podcasts now. Like, I don't know. There's just something about that that scratches an itch. And I think there's definitely people out there. So anyway, for anyone listening to this, just know that there are other ways to scale without going multifamily. Not that there's anything wrong with multifamily, but people get wrapped up in that yeah. and forget you can do other things. So yeah, I would love, I mean, we'd love to have everything that you just mentioned, right? That's, that's our goal is, is the acquisition side that we house that under a storehouse uh, brokerage and we're providing jobs for realtors to uh, put those jobs as the realtors are, are being paid and have a, a living. They're providing us deal flow because they work for me. And then we have the turnkey part. We have the property management. We have the construction piece. And then uh, ultimately, potentially take that construction piece and go do development, right? The, the, the sky's the limit. You just have to be willing to do it. So. All right. I have a few That's questions. That's the part I don't like. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> so, so when I say do it, um, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to find a house. Um, I'm not going to go swing hammers and nail it and, and then market it and then drive over there and manage it. Right. I'm not, but I'll tell you, yeah, I think it was Bill Miller. I don't, I always give him credit for this, but I don't remember where I heard it. I heard it in some thing, but it was a vet. And he said, the most patriotic thing you can do is serve your country. The second most patriotic thing you can do is to create jobs. And that, that second part in the Dave, as you talked about it, the creating part of it, I love the idea of building something, whatever it is that is literally providing jobs for, for folks and, and taking care of them. I like that responsibility. That's something that I don't shy away from. I, I want to have um, the opportunity to, to provide those, those, uh, those chances for folks. So I love that. I like that quote. Yeah, it's a good one. And, and then, you know, there's obviously tax advantages that people will hate you for and not understand the system. But uh, anyway, um, I have a few questions that I always ask people when they're on the show. Let's do it. And I did not prep you with these, so you're welcome. Awesome. Uh, the first They're very one, hard. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. You, you, you should come up with a fourth question like randomly right now. That is very hard. So you've got about uh, three minutes. Hey, uh, what's your sign? 
but your but your moon sign though not your i think that's a thing i don't know what that i don't know any of it anyway. i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> hippy dippy it's gonna tell you your success you can't be successful without knowing your moon sign star uh, cluster i'll look it up i'll look it up okay uh if an e1 e2 walked up to you asking you for advice in life and you only had like two minutes what would be the one thing you tell them uh i, I would honestly tell them uh, some of the stuff that we were discussing earlier. Um, you know, I, I would, what I like to do when folks come and ask for advice, I, I kind of turn on them and say, Hey, let's talk about this in depth. What, what level of thinking have you done into who you are and what you want for your future? And then I think from that basis, when they put a little bit of consideration into that question, I think you can have a very rich conversation. Um, and I think that's the, that's the uh, kind of the beginning of, of mentorship both ways up and down. And there's just an opportunity for significant growth there. So I typically, I would start that with a question and then we go from there. I like it. All right. Now here's the real hard one. What, what resource, uh, book, course, website, whatever, would you recommend to anyone looking to get started in real estate? Hey, so, and I'm not just saying this because I, I've been pushing your guys' stuff for, for a while, but I think you have... I think you guys create amazing content. So I would push people to your website. I think you have a diversity of, um, you have a diversity of different niches that you, that you highlight there. Uh, folks can gain an education. There's uh, there's a plethora of, of knowledge. And then just through uh, the podcast and what, you know, you and Alex do, um, I think, you know, Alex, you, you're a prolific writer. You put out a ton of content, your, your uh, videos, and just the stuff you guys do again, I, I, uh, I've told you guys this in private in our group, but you guys are doing awesome. So I would highly recommend, um, you know, go into your resources and continue to do what you do and, and listen to the things that you guys put out and read the things that you guys write. Cause man, there's a wealth of knowledge there. And I'll tell you what people can take action from, from that stuff. So it's a great one-stop shop. Uh, other than that books, you know, get in into some books for me personally, uh, things I like to read. I'm reading, uh, the social capitalist. I just finished that. It's uh, Josh and Lisa Lannon. Um, they are the founders for, of warrior's heart. And that's an organization that Stu and I partner with. We give money to them. Uh, and, and they are phenomenal. They, it's all about, um, how you can make a social impact through your, through your businesses and things that we're talking about, right? Money is not the most important thing. How do you make a difference? And then, uh, read another book, killing sacred cows, been pushing that one for a while. Garrett B. Gunderson. Love Mom that guy. Girl told me to read that book, and then she unfriended me on Facebook because of some political thing that I said that was barely <laughs> political. I know who so, we're about. It's on my list, though. It's on my list. Hey, no, it's it's good because it's a it's a mindset book about finances, and it just kind of challenges some of the conventional wisdom, quote unquote wisdom, and it really enables you to empower yourself and bet on yourself. Um, be educated, but bet on yourself, and so I really like that book. So I, uh, I wanted to take a second and say, you know, you made some very nice words about, <clears throat> said some very nice words about David and I, but the reality is David does everything. And so I'm just <laughs> as thankful to be part of this, of his, of his, you know, I've basically come in here and taken over, but he, it's a little disingenuous. He does everything. So David, David, yeah, puts out know, really good content. I'm glad he to, does. I'm, I'm thankful to be part of it. No, David does, but Alex quit selling yourself short. We talked about this the other day. You uh, create some amazing content. Uh, do I make the checkout to for yeah, the public? David Gutierrez. It's uh, one T, two R's. Um, but seriously, but, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely, man. No, thank you for what it's you do. And, 
thank you for what you do. It's, it's, it's incredible. And Alex, don't sell yourself short, man. You got a lot of skills and uh, you, you uh, add a ton of value. So um, no, you guys keep it up. All right. I started doing the, uh, I started doing the intros for the uh, military millionaire. <laughs> Podcast. You did it once, and I don't know what's. We'll see if it works. It was definitely hype. It was definitely hype. <laughs> Wake you up. Oh my god, Alex has that switch that I sometimes lack, or I, maybe I'm just not comfortable enough in it. That's um, a skill. The, my secret is I'm always hyped. <laughs> yeah, well, my secret is I get to go to sleep at night, so my hype shuts down at some point. Um, I'll have to check out social capitalist. So I, I, I like warrior's heart. I've never toured their facility. I, I, you know, I don't know as much about their program as I probably could, but I do know that a guy that I deployed with and a, a personal friend probably had his life saved by them. I mean, they, Dude, they're they turned awesome, his man. life around. So they are awesome. Uh, we really, we love them. Josh and Lisa, super busy people. And they, they make time to talk to Stu and I, mentor us and they're they're incredible people and they run a great program and they are literally saving lives uh, they just had their 1000th person come through the doors of warrior's heart so huge milestone for them and it's awesome man yeah yeah that's really cool um all right so final and most difficult question how can people get a hold of you yeah sure they can go to our uh, our website um they can hit us up. We're very, you know, it's funny because I think we're, uh, we make ourselves very available, which is good. There's Calendly links on our website. You can get in touch with Stu or I. Um, and, you know, if you don't mind, throw the, the website in the, uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, the show notes. But, but yeah, it, we're pretty easy. We're on LinkedIn. I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn. That's an and easy Facebook. way as well. I am on Facebook. Hey, I'll tell you what. So and this is, I was gonna tell you guys this the other night. Uh, I didn't have time to share my highs and my lows, but, um, and this is probably not a great thing, but I, I cannot stand social media. Like I just can't, like, it's very hard for me. It's painful. Um, but I do read your guys' stuff. So there's you know, a compliment to you as well. Let me ask you this, David, cause I hear this all the time, right? I don't like social media and people think that I'm some kind of natural at social media. I honestly, truly deeply believe that social media is misused and missed, miss, uh, I guess for lack of a better term understood. Um, I wonder if I could put out some content that would help you get over. That's a, hey, that, let me start with it. I'll just say that like content, like social media, you should think about it as output, not input. Yeah, no, you're right. And I recognize, and I was talking to Stu about this the other day. I know um, the advantages and I recognize why it's critical. Uh, I'm just, I am the type of person that there's a huge barrier. If I don't, enjoy it a little bit there's a huge barrier of entry for me and that's a problem I, i'm admitting that's a problem because it's it's a it's a missed opportunity on a free resource right um so i need to get better at it for sure i'm gonna make you some content awesome look forward to it oh man yeah um it's funny because i haven't like my personal instagram hasn't been updated in like a year year and a half so it's kind of similar everyone's like they see my stuff all over the place. It's like, yeah, but like, I don't dislike social media. I enjoy, you know, I mean, sh sh shoot, like there's definitely, I definitely understand the whole dopamine thing right behind it. But, uh, but I'm also not like, it's not something that's natural for me. Like 
I know it's hard to I know it's hard to believe, but I was not always the popular kid in high school when I was homeschooled. So <laughs> some things never change. <laughs> but I was homeschooled. That's good. Social media is not social media is not natural for anybody. I just think I, I don't get the I don't know. I for me, I talk, like talking to people, and so for me, it's like it can like David. From you started this. You're like we found our group because we have like it's like a a, a natural uh, draw towards an echo chamber in a good way, right? Like I'm going to be drawn towards people that have similar values. Like that's all social media is for me. It's a, it's a, it's a megaphone to catch. Actually, it's not a megaphone. It's a beacon. And it's like, Hey, look, this is what I'm about. Anybody else? And then people are like, yeah, I like like a fly to the light. Like, Oh, yeah, pink, I like pink too. Oh no, no, no. I like this guy's values. Oh, this guy's real. It's not like, and so these things that you, that you believe these values you have, you can express those on social media and people will be drawn to you. And so, if you get into the mud with the idiots and start talking about idiot stuff, um, it's not fun or productive or useful, nor does it make your life better. And no, it helps nobody. And it only polarizes people. But if you use it as a beacon for attracting your other humans, I think, uh, and then you don't let the, uh, the nonsense, you know, it's very easy to get wrapped up in that nonsense. Um, but That's good. I, That's good. Be intentional. I hear you saying be intentional. Yeah. Absolutely. That's good. Be intentional. All right. Any, uh, hopefully, hopefully answered your three questions to satisfaction. They were very challenging. I want to validate you in that. There we go. Yeah, I have, I have other questions on my like list of things, but we I should come up with some, them. we should come up. I should come up with my question that way. You're right. We should have a little bit more. Yeah. Did you come up with anything? No, I didn't. I got hey. fold under pressure. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of pressure let me tell you so yeah. much pressure you just disappointed the entire community by not coming up with a question about moon stars or whatever okay <laughs> anyway all right hey david thank you very much for joining us I, I i don't say this enough but there's not a whole lot of people that i would i don't i don't I enjoy talking to you. Like every time we have a conversation, it, 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 I don't ever leave on a like feeling like I didn't get something out of it. So I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. It's been, it's been a pleasure getting to know you this year. Oh man, I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, always a pleasure to, to be invited to such an awesome show and, and, uh, and feelings mutual. You guys are, you guys are awesome. You guys are crushing it. You guys uh, motivate me. You, uh, you, energize me with the challenges and the amazing things you guys are doing and uh um yeah keep it up thank you for having me alex's hair is a constant motivation for me as well look at that look at that never get there beautiful hey we should plug the war room if you're listening you're not part of the war room you're missing out you're missing out it's you're true missing out surround yourself be intentional with who you hang out with surround yourself with uh with awesome dudes and dudettes Dude, I did not deserve. I did not. I did not really deserve to be in the room with you guys, that war room. But it has helped me tremendously. So if you people get in, like, get in there, and people they will they will, it will help. You shut your mouth, Alex. You deserve to be there. All right. That's Freaking the thing, awesome. right? Like, it, it, my, it, I hear that, right? Having having worked on starting this and stuff, like, we get that from people, right? Like, it, it, it sometimes it's, well, you know, I'm I'm the biggest fish in this little group, and sometimes it's the other way around. But like, the reality is just realizing and owning what you bring to the table. Like you, even for, to the guy being the biggest fish in the group, maybe you have the most units, but maybe your units are, you know, less profitable per unit, or maybe, maybe that's great, but you don't know how to market. Maybe that's great. But like, like, so it's, it's, it's a, I think there's, there's an intricate value that everyone brings to the group. So like, you know, the, like 
shoot. I remember when I was at Flip Hacking Live and I'm sitting at my desk and, and they're like, stand up if your business has done over a million dollars gross. And Stu stood and I was like, huh? Like, <laughs> wait a minute. You know, like, oh, okay. I'm all right. I'm, I'm hanging out with the right people. You know, and I didn't realize Storehouse was doing, you know, as many deals as Storehouse had done last year. And I mean, shoot, already this year, right? Uh, but there was still, like, I was still able to bring something to the table, even though I'm Dude. by no means the biggest, you know, so it's like trying to figure out, and that imposter yeah. syndrome for me is huge, but figuring out what your piece is in a relationship, you can always add, there's always something. I'll tell you the challenge. And one thing I, if I could leave with this, you know, I, I never think in terms, and I think it's natural to it a little bit, but I've really been intentional in, in changing my, the way I think about things, but to not think in terms of like rank as being equal to significance. Right. And what's really helped me with that is that uh, a lot of the guys that I serve with the most junior uh, enlisted sailors that come in, a lot of those guys have like two master's degrees in computer science and like have these life experiences that I, you know, they, their knowledge shames me, right? I can't even, I can't even keep up with what they're talking about. Uh, what I will say is that in the groups, like the money and the units and all that kind of stuff, completely unimportant. That's not what I, that's not what I, so at the, at the, um, uh, the best ever conference, you know, they talk, everybody starts and they say, Oh, and it doesn't matter that, you know, what the numbers are, but here's my numbers. And I'm like, Dude, I don't care about that. Like, what are your values? What, yeah. what, it, what are you doing to give back? And if you're not doing anything, if, if, if you're presenting me a great deal, 12% return annual with potential for equity buying, blah, blah, blah. And you're not giving back to something or somebody in some way, like I'm out. I don't care. That could be, that number could be 20% return. I just don't care because it's not, that has no eternal value. And it's not about, it, it just, you're not sharing what you bring to the table. And so if Stu and I gross, you know, 10 million this year, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that the dynamic in our group I am gaining value and learning way more than you guys even know you're, you're giving to us. And the money, the, the money thing, the value thing, it could disappear tomorrow. It's of no importance. But what I have grown internally, mentally, uh, the things you've exposed me to, the thoughts you've exposed me to, Alex, with the different books that you, that you present, like that in itself has made me a better person and more rich uh, in my knowledge. So yeah, that, that other stuff is just, it's just, uh, it's just dressing. War Room, join it. <laughs> War Room, get it. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.